Once again, thank everybody for supporting the show. And I want to give a few shouts out to the state of Florida and state of Virginia. We have had a lot of listener activity out of those two states recently. And we want to thank you for your continued support, as well as California, hell, the whole country in general. And of course, the countries abroad that are tuning in and listening to what we have to say. We thank everybody for your support as we are really, really growing. And, um, Again, can't thank you enough. We put together a really good show for you today. And later in the show, I'm going to be addressing Ilhan Omar, our esteemed congresswoman, who continues to take an anti-American stance and has publicly declared that, well, America is not her first priority. I also have other things to say beforehand about the trucker convoy. The Take Back Our Borders trucker convoy, which I'm sure hardly anybody has heard about because the media has been doing nothing but trying to sweep this under the rug. But before I get to that, before I move forward, there's so much going on here that I'm upset about. Well, mostly about Ilhan Omar. But before we get to that, before we get to the trucker convoy, I got to say that I am doing the show with the help of Jefferson's Whiskey, specifically Jefferson's Ocean Aged at sea, very small batch whiskey. I got myself a pretty large glass here right now, and I'm going to take a sip so I can uh, wet my whistle here, as they say, before I move forward in everything that I have to discuss, because believe me, this may not be the most shocking show you've ever heard, the most shocking podcast today you've ever heard, but I will tell you that the information is pretty damning on both sides of um, the aisle here, and as it you know relates to both topics I will be going over today. So... Before we get there, cheers to you. Here's a big glass of Jefferson's for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. That's good. That's tasty. That's smooth. And to be honest, much needed. So back to the trucker convoy. Uh, for those that don't know, and I'm sure there are listeners here that do know, but for those that don't, it's a convoy put together and organized where truckers ex uh you know, military veterans and just supporters and patriots of America who are fed up with the federal government and how the border crisis is being handled is putting together a convoy that will be going uh, across the nation and will be holding three demonstrations. I believe it's Texas, Arizona, and California. Basically, the three most majorly um, abused border areas that we have in America currently. The concern I have with this trucker convoy isn't the fact that they're doing this. What I have a problem with is the sentiment and opinion of leftist Americans doing a general search online and watching the chatter going on in social media and as well as other uh, blogging sites. They are going out of the way to label these truckers as nothing but extreme right, MAGA supporters, uneducated, violent anti-American, anti-immigration. I mean, you name whatever whatever name you can come up with or slanderous um, statement that you can come up with as a liberal who hates anybody who's Republican or stands up for freedom, democracy, and patriotism in America. That's pretty much what they're saying about this trucker convoy. The trucker convoy in and of itself, to me, represents a fed-up America. And I got to challenge you hard leftists about your sentiment and your statements. What is so wrong? What is so wrong about a bunch of people, American citizens who are concerned for the safety and security of their nation coming together to demonstrate? You know what's really fucked up about that? About the way these leftists are are thinking about these truckers and what they're saying about these truckers? Hell, even the leftist publication Wired Magazine Uh, put out a bit of a smear piece against the truckers. The problem with this thinking is it really begs the question as to where does your patriotism lie? 
And it, it's not about denying people trying to have a better life for themselves because the situation they're in now is horrible. It's about controlling the influx of unchecked illegal immigrants coming through that we don't know anything about. Nobody in America wants to stop anyone from living a good life and becoming a citizen of America and contributing to the American dream. Nobody is against that. But you leftist liberals seem to be against that. You seem to be not doing any real thinking here, any critical thinking. You're just throwing slanderous statements at the wall to make these people look stupid when all they are doing is being patriotic and concerned. There is no violence in what they're doing. They're bringing attention to a situation that the media is trying to sweep under the rug. And since you leftists aren't very concerned, I got a bunch of little, little data, little data points in here that I got to read to you. But before then, let me take another sip of the Jeffersons here because I got a lot to read to you. And you're not going to like this, you, you leftist-leaning idiots. Now, I'm not, calling all, I'm not calling all leftist idiots. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. You extreme leftist idiots. That's more appropriate. All right. So before I move forward, a little more Jeffersons. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Okay. So since you don't think this is an issue, Homeland Security does. This is interesting. I bet you didn't know. I bet you didn't know. In fact, you could find this at homeland.house.gov. And I'm going to put a lot of everything that I go over in today's show in the show notes. And I will do my best to leave all the proper links so that you can back check me. So, the House Committee of Homeland Security, uh, they put together a little bit of research and some Q&A. Uh, regarding the border. In fact, it's labeled border sector chiefs confirm operational impacts of border chaos, increased gotaways, closed checkpoints, and empowered cartels. So gotaways refers to people at the border that border security is not able to apprehend or stop or check. Those are referred to as gotaways. People just literally just got away across the border. Unchecked. This is, uh, I'm going to read some excerpts from this because it's a, it's a fairly long uh, report and there's a lot of question and answer here, uh, actually, where they question chief patrol agents. And, and there was a lot of agents that they questioned. So I, I'm going to only go through some of this and I'll leave the link in the show notes if you want to read the whole thing. Moving on, this was said by Chairman Mark Green. I fear the extent of the threat posed by this record number of gotaways on Secretary Mayorkas's watch won't be clear until it is too late. The number of individuals apprehended illegally crossing the Southwest border and found to be on the terrorist watch list has increased 2,500% from fiscal years 2017 through 2020 to fiscal year 2023. And those are only who we've caught. How many others have slipped by as Border Patrol agents have increasingly been pulled off the line to process illegal aliens crossing the border? How many violent criminals and gang members are now at large in our communities? Border security is national security, and right now, the border is not secure. When upwards of 2 million people have entered our country, who we know nothing about, we are at deadly risk. Secretary Mayorkas must be held accountable for this national security malpractice. Okay, House Committee on Homeland Security conducted a Q&A, as I said earlier, um, that says here, the House Committee on Homeland Security and the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability conducted interviews with eight chief patrol agents and one deputy chief patrol agent from April, September 2023 to acquire more information about operations in their sectors and how the crisis has impacted the safety and security of the United States. These interviews were part of the committee's ongoing investigation into the causes costs, and consequences of the unprecedented crisis at America's borders, and the role of Secretary Mayorkas in facilitating and maintaining this crisis. In the committee's annual worldwide threats hearing last month, um, as of this report coming out, Federal Bureau of Investigations Director Christopher Wray confirmed the national security threat posed by the growing number of gotaways at the southwest border. 
especially as America's enemies, including Iran-backed Hamas and Hezbollah, have been emboldened to spread their malign influence following the October 7th terrorist attacks on Israel. Ray also alluded to Chairman Green that the national security consequences of the crisis have turned every state into a border state. Okay, so these extreme leftist idiots online that are chastising and making fun of the trucker convoy who aren't concerned with immigration and the border and anything patriotic that has has to do with America whatsoever obviously don't get it don't realize what's really going on because homeland security is concerned they're, they're they they did a whole report in q a in fact i'm going to go 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 ahead right now with the question and answer so we're going to go ahead and uh read the q a from a few uh there now again there's a lot i'm going to leave a link to all this information in the show notes so look in the show notes for the links to everything um for today's show so you can again fact check me all right all right, let's move on to the Q&A. Here's a few questions directly related to operational impacts of the historic border crossings. So, question. This is Chief Patrol Agent Anthony Scott Good of El Paso Sector. Here we go. Question. Does the risk profile for Border Patrol agents increase with increasing flow of illegal immigration in between the ports of entry? Answer. Yes. Question. And how so? Answer. There's limited manpower dealing with large groups. We've got less agents in the field because agents are processing in the processing centers. And then, with less agents in the field, they're dealing with more people. And people with bad intentions can be mixed into those large groups. That can be overwhelming to any law enforcement official that could be in one of those crowds. Okay, this is Chief Patrol Agent Gloria Chavez of the Rio Grande Valley sector being questioned. So, um, question. So, when I guess... The point of my question is, when there are miles, even when you're fully staffed, there are miles that are unpatrolled by agents, right? So you don't have one agent per mile. Answer. Correct. Correct. Question. When there's a surge and you have to take a bunch of agents off the line, does that leave many more miles wide open on the border without patrol? Answer. It does leave vulnerability for us because agents are being pulled away from primary patrol duties to come across a certain situation. Okay, so that is a questioning of just two chief patrol agents uh, regarding the operational impacts of the border. And for those who don't think that there is an issue with patrolling the border, well, Border Patrol agents and Homeland Security absolutely does think this. Now I'm going to move on to questions that have to do with the impact on the border um, in regard to gotaways, security threats, and narcotics. First person in questioning here, Chief Patrol Agent Jason Owens of the Del Rio sector. Question, does the high flow that the Del Rio sector is currently experiencing have an impact on Border Patrol's ability to reduce the number of known gotaways coming into the sector? Answer, absolutely. Question, and in what ways? Answer, as I said before, if my men and women are struck in a humanitarian effort of processing these folks, they cannot be in two places at once. They cannot be out on patrol, and where I need them out on patrol is not only a account for those gotaways, but to reduce them where possible. Everything revolves, as I said before, around having those men and women on the ground doing the job. Okay, moving on to Chief Patrol Agent Aaron Heitke. I believe Heitke, H-E-I-T-K-E. Um, this person is out of the San Diego sector. Question. You mentioned that increased encounter numbers affect agents' ability to police the border and to capture those who seek to evade apprehension entirely. Godaways, correct? Answer, yes. Question, have Godaways increased in the past few years? Answer, yes. Question, are Godaways potentially dangerous from a public safety standpoint? Answer, yes. Question, you testified earlier that there were approximately 66,000 known gotaways since October 1st of this previous calendar year, 
Is that correct? Answer. Correct. Question. Are you concerned that the Godaway population in San Diego could also include individuals who have derogatory information related to terrorism? Answer. Yes. Question. Are you concerned that the public safety risk presented by individuals who evade detection by Border Patrol in the San Diego sector could increase when the CDC order under Title 42 expires? The answer, yes. Okay, I got a few more here uh, related to narcotics, terrorism concerns, etc. Uh, Chief Patrol Agent Jason Owens of the Del Rio sector. Here we go. Question, are you concerned that the Godaway population in the Del Rio sector could include serious criminals or individuals who might be terrorists? Answer. So that's the concern of just the Godaways in general. As I said before, you don't know who they are, where they come from, what their intent is, what they're bringing with them. And it could range from very minimal to very severe. We just don't know. And so because of that, of course it's a concern. Okay, this... Here is Chief Patrol Agent Joel Martinez of the Laredo sector. Question. Are you concerned that the Godaway population could potentially include serious criminals or people with ties to terrorism? Answer. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, Chief Patrol Agent Anthony Scott Good of the El Paso sector. Question. Are you concerned that individuals who are more likely to evade apprehension then turn themselves into Border Patrol, may have a criminal history or some other derogatory information that could lead to public safety risk? Answer. Yes. Question. Has Border Patrol in the El Paso sector, do they routinely encounter individuals with prior criminal histories? Answer. Yes. Question. Do these criminal histories relate to crimes involving public safety concerns? Answer. Yes. Question. Do your agents in El Paso sector encounter individuals who have derogatory information related to terrorism? Answer. Yes. Well, there you have it. Now, that is just a reading of some of the questions and answers and a little bit of the report from the uh, Homeland Security. It's homeland.house.gov. So for those who don't think the border issue is a big deal and want to go ahead and make fun of patriots trying to stand up for American rights, values, and just generally protecting our borders. What do you have to say to Homeland Security? They, they obviously don't support your beliefs whatsoever. And since, since we're still talking about the border and obvious concerns of terrorism, I wonder if anyone missed this video. Now, here is First Responders Media. They have a video of where they went to go question someone who was trying to come across the border on the other side. This person pretty much makes a underlying threat. Why don't I just play this and let you decide? By the way, if you are smart enough, you would know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Very easy. Wow, very easy. <laughs> the, the entitlement, the entitlement. No, believe me, I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Wow. Well, there you have it. Sounded kind of like a threat to me. You're too stupid to know who I am, but pretty soon you will know who I am. That same person later, uh, also from First Responders Media, and these guys, you can find them on TikTok at First Responder Media. That's with a number one, numeral one, First Responder Media, um, at First Responder Med. So here's another video of the same individual uh, this video, in this video that has surfaced of the individual, um, they go on to admit that they were in prison for 10 years and they're here to seek justice. Also states that they were they are um, a Jordanian citizen, but originally from Palestine. Let me go ahead and play that one as well. Let them know they're here safely. Uh, we can make a phone call. You can do. Can you? Okay. Oh, what you can do. Can you? 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 Can you
Yes. I came here to defense against the unhumanity that's what's happening in our countries. I was an ex-prisoner for 10 years and 4 months and 22 days wow. for fabricated case in Egypt after the first revolutions happened in 2011, after Mubarak did down from his bullshit chair and the other ugly face came, which now he's talking about democracy and he's none, nothing, he knows nothing about democracy. They put, me, they put me for 10 years, Sasha. And 4 months and 22 days in a cell that's one and a half meter by one and a half meter where there's no light. Good heavens. You can see my pictures on the is... internet, by the way. Just write my name, first name and last name. You will see all the story. Um, here. It's this is my personal business card. Back there, I left it because I'm just seeking uh, uh, what you call it, justice. justice. Yeah. I need justice. Well, there you have it. Um, that second video, not sure what you make of it, but jordanian citizen but originally from palestine actually admits from palestine but also jordanian citizen seeking justice <sighs> what's one to do do you need further proof sure all right leftist libs let me go ahead and uh read a let's read off some more data concerning the border now here's something that you can also find again all the all of these links will be in the show notes this one here is from the uh, Border Patrol website, cbp.gov, newsroom, slash stat, CBP, enforcement statistics. This has to do with terrorist screening data set encounters. For those who continue to think that the border is not an issue, and that we're all just a bunch of racists who don't want anybody who's not white in the country, well, I have to say you guys are a bunch of idiots, literal idiots. Because so far, the American government, without blasting the media with the truth about their concerns are concerned. So let me read this report to you. In fact, I, hold on here. <laughs> you may be a little surprised. So this, again, you can get different data from different agencies. This one is just from the Customs and Border Patrol. This is not the FBI list. Um, this is what, this shows their encounters of people from their organization. Now the terrorist screening data the TSD, uh, what what that is, is it's, it's also known as the watch list, okay? It's the government's database that contains sensitive information on terrorist identities. Uh, the TS, I'm reading this from their site right now, uh, says the TSDS originated as the consolidated terrorist watch list to house information on known or suspected terrorists, but has evolved over the last decade to include additional individuals who represent a potential threat to the United States, including known affiliates, of watch-listed individuals. All right. So looking at this data set, it, uh, covers, it covers 2017 through 2024. All right. So I'm going to read year 2017. So Office of Field Operations, TSDS, or Watch List Encounters at Land Border, per, uh, land border Ports of Entry of All Nationalities. So... 2017, there was a total of 333. 2018, there was a total of 351. 2019, 538. Okay, 2020 went down to 196, went down to 157 in 2021. Started to jump again. In 2022 to 380, and last year in 2023, 564, 564 encounters with known watch list people. I'm talking people who are known to be terrorists or pose a threat to the United States, and and these are just numbers only from the Customs Border Patrol, Customs and Border Patrol encounters only. Okay, the year pretty much just started as as this came out, and they've already had 94 encounters and, and and as you can see there was a little dip but it, it seems that there there has been an increase and even after the dip it came back it came back in even bigger numbers now it doesn't sound like a lot but take into account that one terrorist if they didn't catch this person now this is based on encounters people that they caught by the way this isn't this doesn't count for everybody as you know it doesn't count for the people labeled as gotaways okay, these are just who they encountered but one terrorist 
can do so much damage. One terrorist leader can do even more damage by radicalizing others and um, getting them to join their cause. So, yes, there is a concern. For those who think this is laughable and, and that people who are trying to stand up in defense of the country, that they're just a bunch of right-wing, you know, Neanderthal idiots, you, you need to reevaluate your thinking, your patriotism, and, and really, really look deep inside because it sounds like you may be the one who's anti-American and don't, doesn't really get what the hell's going on here. Here's some further proof. I got even more. Hold on, hold on. I'm not done. I'm not done. This is great. This one here from the Daily Caller. I got more for you. Oh, hold on. I need another sip of the Jefferson's uh, Ocean Aged at Sea here. Give me a second here. Oh, the whiskey's helping today. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a lot to take in, right? I mean, it, th th there's, there's reports here admitting that there are terrorists crossing the border. And, and, and our government organizations are admitting that they're not catching everyone. Yeah, this is serious conversation. <sighs> all right, Daily Caller. You can find this online. Again, everything, all the links, I'm going to try to make sure that they're all in the show notes for you. Here's the headline. Exclusive. Terrorist caught illegally crossing the border was allowed to roam free for nearly a year. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read this. Um, from the Daily Caller, federal authorities caught a terrorist at the U.S. Southern... Excuse me, let me... Let me backtrack. This was released January 29th. Right now it's February 1st, so this is not that long ago. Uh, I apologize. Okay, moving, moving forward here. Federal authorities caught a terrorist at the U.S. southern border and released him into the country, where he roamed freely for nearly a year before being arrested in Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to pause quickly because I will be talking about Ilhan Omar, who is congressperson representing the 5th District of Minnesota. This person is a terrorist that was allowed to roam free and was caught in Minnesota. Very interesting connection there. Anyway, moving on with the article. So uh, where did I leave off? Okay, yes, being arrested in Minnesota just days ago. According to an internal federal memo exclusively obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Yeah, whatever. Okay. The unnamed individual who the memo only identifies as a member of the Somali terror group Al-Shabaab was released shortly after being caught illegally crossing the southern border near San Ysidro, California, on March 13, 2023. According to the memo, which the DCNF is not publishing in order to protect the identity of a confidential source, the terrorist screening center deemed him a mismatch after running his name through the terror watch list, according to the memo, which was sent to Immigration and Customs Enforcement officials. However, on January 18, 2024, the terrorist screening center made a redetermination that the individual was a confirmed member of Al-Shabaab and was involved in the use, manufacture, or transport of explosives or firearms. The memo states, two days later, ICE nabbed the Al-Shabaab member in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Border Patrol caught 172 terror watchlist suspects attempting to enter the U.S. illegally during fiscal year 2023. Former Homeland Security officials say the constant deluge of illegal immigrants hitting the southern border is making it easier for bad actors to slip into the country. All right, so how much more proof do you need that we have a problem? How much more proof do you need that there is a real issue and that instead of trying to just kowtow to your leftist team, Republican team, liberal team, I don't really give a damn what team you think you're on, why don't you think as an American citizen first and realize that there is an issue, that we are literally under attack. Look, if, if they're catching terrorists coming in, they've got a plan. And that plan does not involve our best interest whatsoever. And if you think it does, you are absolutely part of the problem. So instead of making fun of a bunch of truckers, why don't you take note and reevaluate your patriotism to this country? Now, moving on to our main topic of the show, we will be discussing Ilhan Omar. Who is Ilhan Omar? Well, Ilhan Omar is a congresswoman representing the 5th District of Minnesota. She's under fire lately. Well, it's not the first time she'd be under fire for being anti-American um, or having anti-American sentiment. But she's under fire 
for a recent video floating around where she is addressing her Somali constituents. Now, here's what's interesting about this video. Since it came out, literally, I want to say a day or two ago, I think originally on the 27th or 28th of January, so a few days ago, it's, it's already gone through multiple translations. I'm saying translation because the entire video is in uh, the language of Somali. Okay? Somalian. And it has been translated multiple times since it first came out. Why, you ask? Well, because the media is trying to protect her. The leftist media is trying to protect her. And if you don't believe me, you can look, you can look it up on social media. There's plenty of comments that address the sudden change in interpretations. There's media outlets all of a sudden coming out of the woodwork defending Ilhan Omar by saying, oh, no, 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 the correct translation wasn't out at first. Here's this translation. And then there's another person with another translation, all changing the words slightly, ever so slightly. A word here, a word there, you know, move a phrase around. No, this isn't really what she, what she meant. She meant that. She meant this. So let me summarize what it was. When this first came out, I bookmarked it immediately. I couldn't believe what she said. The video, in the video, she said that she is Somalian first, Muslim second. Okay, this when discussing Somal what's going on in Somalia right now. Um, she also went in uh, further to say that the U.S. government will only do what we, th what we tell them to do in regard to Somalia. And she further said that they have to listen to us. She said that we are U.S. citizens and we pay American taxes, so the government will do what we tell them to do. She also further said that she will do what she can for Somalia while in U.S. Congress. Basically saying that she will use her power in U.S. Congress to look out for Somalia. Why is this concerning? Because she puts Somalia first, her homeland, above America, where she is supposedly a citizen and an elected official to represent her constituents in America, where she obviously doesn't think she has to. She, she's, a, she's a congressperson looking out for the best interests of a foreign nation. So who is Ilhan Omar? Where does she come from? Um, uh, here's some background on her. She was born October 4th, 1982. Uh, she spent her early years in Somalia. She was the youngest of seven siblings, including sister Sarah Noor. Her father, now this is important, Noor Omar Mohammed, an ethnic Somali who was a colonel in the Somali army under Saeed Bar and also worked as a teacher trainer. Okay, I'm not going to go any further because here's what's important. Who is Saeed Bar? So her father served as a colonel in the army under Saeed Bar. Saeed Bar. This person, a major general of, became president of Somalia after the 1969 coup d'etat that overthrew the Somali Republic following the assassination of the Somalian president. The Supreme Revolutionary Council, military junta under Bar, reconstituted Somalia as a one-party Marxist-Leninist-Communist state, renamed the country the Somali Democratic Republic, and adopted scientific socialism with support from the Soviet Union. Okay, so if you didn't catch that, Ilhan Omar's father served under... Major General Mohammed Saeed Bar, who led a coup d'etat to assassinate the then current Somali president and turn the country into a Marxist Leninist communist state with the help or support from the Soviet Union. That is a major red flag and concern for any official who would be elected into office of the United States, to have those ties, to be raised up with that way of thinking, which Ilhan Omar obviously hasn't shaken or gotten over. So, as, as, it, as it concerns everybody here, 
she she goes on to say that Somalia is her first concern, only concern, and then she's using the U.S. and her position in office to make sure that Somalia's or Somaliland's interest is top priority. Pretty much, she doesn't care about America. I know you're probably going to say I'm being harsh. It was one video out of context. You're, you don't know what you're saying. Okay, well, first off, there is an oath taken when you become a senator or congressperson. I want to read that oath. And in fact, I got this from senate.gov. So another, another U.S. website, another government website for all you hardcore leftists who think I'm full of shit. I'm giving you all of this in the show notes so you can fact check me. And in fact, I'm also going to allow you... I mean, our contact info is right in the show notes. Go ahead and challenge me. Email me. Correct me. If you're right and I'm wrong, great. I'll say so on the show. But be prepared for my rebuttal. All right? So here's the oath. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me God. So there's the oath to uphold the constitution, protect the United States against all enemies, foreign domestics, and to faithfully hold your allegiance to the United States not represent foreign nations under the guise of being a U.S. representative, such as Ilhan Omar has been doing. Now, since the video and the leftist media trying to jump to her rescue and call everybody a bunch of idiots for, you know, trying to basically smear and defame her, like this is just now a a right-wing conspiracy to make Ilhan Omar look bad. Well, the deputy ambassador to Somaliland, or to Somalia, has something to say about that. Apparently, she didn't really say anything as far as the translation went. Uh, You know, she wasn't jumping to the defense of Ilhan Omar. In fact, I'm going to read her Twitter post regarding this video, verbatim. All right, here we go. This is Ambassador Rhoda J. Almi. She's the deputy ambassador of Somalia. She goes on to say, we were profoundly surprised, even shocked on discovering the remarks made by Congresswoman Ilhan Omar of Minnesota in a recent public forum widely circulated on most social media platforms and attached below for your reference. The language she employed was regrettably unbecoming of both the office she holds and the constituents she represents. Her expressions were lacking in common decency and revealed a significant lack of understanding of basic facts. Specifically troubling were her endeavors to revive the once violent and dangerous ideology of Greater Somalia or Somali Wayne. Uh, That is spelled W-E-Y-N, so I think I pronounced that correctly. Moving on, which caused so much death, destruction, and conflict in the Horn of Africa. Furthermore, Her use of the ethno-racist rhetoric didn't escape attention and left many with a deep sense of disappointment. This was particularly bewildering for those who recall similar racist attacks she endured not long ago of being not American enough and was baffling to see her take a similar approach and accuse the entire Somaliland nation of falsely claiming Somali identity. Moreover, her ignorance of U.S.-Somaliland cooperation in the fight against terror and piracy in the Gulf of Aden and Gulf of Berbera was shocking to say the least. We hope the House leadership and her caucus will take note of her public conduct, unbecoming a United States Congresswoman nor representative of the August House she serves in. There you have it. A deputy representative of Somalia who is not happy with Ilhan Omar. Speaking of Twitter, you want further proof that Ilhan Omar isn't really looking out for your best interests. She seems to like and repost and have some sort of connection to this person. Um, I can't pronounce the name, so you're going to have to forgive me, but it's, uh, I believe it's Mujahid 
Stafio Ibn Islan um, El Alawi. Alawi. Okay, let's try it again. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Mujahid Stafio Ibn Islan Al Alawi. This is someone from Somalia. Um, I, I, man, I totally messed that up. But anyway, you could find this. In fact, if we go to Ilhan Omar's um, Twitter and look at her repost or replies, you're going to find these reposts. And one repost, and even where she responded to him, this person went on to say, there is power with numbers. His statement reads as this, breed like rats and establish global dominance. Inshallah, the 21st century will see the great rise of Islam. Glory be to Allah. Wow, well then here's another alarming post that we must take note of. Again, Ilhan Omar constantly retweets this person and, and has, some, I don't know if there's a connection, what's going on, but she seems to support him. Here's another post in which he writes, this was on January 30th. He goes on to say, cry about it. I am a proud EV32 Majir teen, son of Somali Maximid, and I believe in the unity of the entire Islamic world. Let that be known to the entire earth. Sharia law is the divine rule of the Lord of mankind, and I will not back down to white supremacists. Wow, what a statement. So white supremacists being pretty much anyone who's white, anyone who, who's not your skin color, and this person is an advocate for Sharia law across the entire world. And also, previously, as I read, stated that Muslims and people of Islam should breed like rats so that we can take over the world just by population, basically. Establishing dominance through population. This is a person that Ilhan Omar supports. If you're not shocked by anything I said or even care, I gotta say there's something wrong with you because if you don't think Ilhan Omar needs to be removed for outright supporting ideas and people and other organizations that are entirely hell-bent on destroying the American way of life, then you need to seriously have a look in the mirror and find out where your allegiances lie. Well, maybe you're saying, oh, well, she's from Somalia. She's just sympathetic and she doesn't really believe these things. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I'm going to go read from, of all places, the Reno Gazette Journal. And I'm only reading from here because this, this journalist, Sam Kumar, uh, was able to put a good list of examples of things that Ilhan Omar of Minnesota has done. Uh, I'm going to read from this. I don't recall when this was released, but just bear with me here. All right, so let me scroll down a bit. All right, here we go. Here's the first first couple of things here. I'm going to read this. It might not all be for you know verbatim, but again, I'll have these links in the show notes for you. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, a member of the so-called squad, recently, and this was back when Bernie Sanders was running, uh, she backed Bernie Sanders, and she said, she claimed that Bernie Sanders will fight against Western imperialism. <laughs> All right, moving on. Her remarks in regard to 9-11, she referred to the attacks of 9-11 as some people did something. As she didn't want to acknowledge 9-11, she didn't want to acknowledge who was behind it. She's like, oh, well, some people did something on 9-11, so what? That was, that was her whole vibe and attitude towards it. She also accused Jewish Americans of dual loyalty when she tweeted, it's all about the Benjamins. Then there was another tweet where she said, may Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. She also blamed the U.S. for the terrorist attack on the Kenyan Mall that killed 70 people and wounded 200 more. And here's another good one. She wanted a Minnesota judge to show leniency to a man who tried to obtain fake passports to go fight for ISIS. <laughs> what the fuck? Hold on. She wants leniency for a man who wanted to go support terrorism and fight for ISIS? Who was fighting against the Western world and specifically America. Oh, wow. All right. 
She also blamed the U.S. for the Venezuelan coup. She supported the terrorist organization Hamas as they fired rockets at Israel. She also complained about the way Americans pronounce Al-Qaeda. I guess it's Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda, whatever. She made the false claim that the U.S. forces killed thousands of Somalis during the Black Hawk Down mission and included the hashtag, not today Satan. So guess who Satan is? Who is she referring to as Satan? Us, America, the Western world, specifically again, America, where she's a citizen, where she is an official who represents the American people in Congress. In, in that report, in that, that uh, news report I, I just read, she obviously is a terrorist sympathizer and has made another remark where she puts Somalia first before the USA. But wait, there's more. She's also been under fire for her racist anti-Semitic remarks. And, and that we're not even including the racist remarks she's made about white people in general. But her anti-Semitic remarks have been filed as a complaint against her. And you can find this on the website congress.gov. In fact, it is, if you don't even want to look there, you can just type in House Resolution 241 or H.Res.241. So House Resolution 241. I'm going to read this for you. On March 14, 2019, Mr. Stube submitted the following resolution, which was referred to the Committee on Judiciary and in addition to the Committee on Foreign Affairs and Ethics for a period to be subsequently determined by the Speaker in each case for consideration of such provisions as fall within the jurisdiction of the Committee concerned. Here's the resolution. Condemning the anti-Semitic comments of Representative Ilhan Omar from Minnesota, whereas in 2012, Representative Omar tweeted, Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. Whereas in 2018, Representative Omar posted, drawing attention to the apartheid Israeli regime is far from hating Jews. Whereas the latest controversial tweets from Representative Omar suggest Jewish people are buying political support. She tweeted, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. A reference to a song about $100 bill and APAC, a pro-Israeli lobbying group. Whereas Representative Omar stated during a town hall, I want to talk about the political influence in this country that says it's okay to push for the allegiance of a foreign country. Whereas Speaker Nancy Pelosi denounced Representative Omar's statement saying, we condemn these remarks and call upon Congresswoman Omar to immediately apologize, is not going far enough. Whereas on March 7, 2019, Democratic leadership failed to primarily and directly address Representative Omar's anti-Semitic remarks in a resolution that should have been specifically about anti-Semitism so as to address the rising threat thereof. Whereas Jewish people are subject in the media and political campaigns to numerous other dangerous anti-Semitic myths, including that Jewish people control the United States government or seek global political and financial domination, and that Jewish people are obsessed with money. Whereas accusing Jewish people of being more loyal to Israel or to the Jewish community than the United States constitutes anti-Semitism because it suggests that Jewish citizens cannot be patriotic Americans and trusted neighbors when Jewish citizens have loyally served our nation every day since its founding, whether in public or community life or military service. Whereas all Americans, including Jews, Muslims, and Christians, and people of all faiths and no faith, have a stake in fighting anti-Semitism, as all Americans have a stake in fighting every form of bigotry and hatred against people based on religion, race, or place of birth and origin. And, you know, th that's pretty much most of it. Uh, really funny that she is on record making these statements and where she's, you know, poked at, you know, Jewish people not not being supportive of America and only supportive of their own homeland where it's exactly what she has been doing uh, when it comes to Somali and or, or Somaliland, I guess is the, the, the correct way to address, to address Somalia. So here's more proof that Ilhan Omar is racist and anti-American. It's, it's what the fuck is she doing here? <laughs> I mean, really, what is she doing here in office other than the obvious of what we've already 
you know, brought to light, which is to look out for the nation of Somalia and to be sympathetic towards terrorist organizations. And I, I, I'm just appalled. I don't, I don't even know what else to say. You know what? If I'm appalled, you should be appalled. All we do is bring the truth here on this show. And we can, we can go way further with this. I mean, there is a lot of dirt on her. There's a lot of dirt on her, but I'm going to say, hell, I'm going to ask the question. You know, here's another concern I have when it comes to these things. And here's, here's the question. What do we do about it? Okay, I'm, I'm going to call out some other, other people. Um, I don't want to get myself in trouble, but, you know, people like Dan Bongino, for example. You've got Hannity. You've got Tucker. You've got all these people who always bring all of this stuff up to the surface and jump up and down and scream and kick and cry. And they make a lot of points, and there are many times that they're right. But they don't offer a solution. They don't offer a solution. I don't even have a solution. I'm asking you for a solution. What are we to do to get these people out of office? How can we stand up to our own government? I mean, we have the false sense that we can, that we really have the power, but the only power we have, they tell us, is our voting rights. Oh, if you don't like it, vote them out of office. Well, what do we do between then and now while they're still in office? We can't take them to court and sue them because they won't let us. They'll just throw the case out or, or tell us that we have no grounds. We can't make a citizen's arrest on them for grounds that they are acting as a terrorist or, or even a, um, an agent of a foreign nation. We can't do any of that. We can't do anything. You know, we're sitting here with our, with our hands tied just, just dealing with it. So if the only power we have is to vote, do not vote for Ilhan Omar. And in fact, once she's out of office, then she is subject to basically following the law as a citizen. And if she's anti-American, honestly, she should be deported. She, sh she should be gone. She shouldn't be allowed to sit here spreading the poison from within to destroy the American way of life. So Ilhan Omar, I'm calling you out. You have something that you want to say to me? You are more than welcome to contact me. I'm happy to talk to you. All right, that's all we got for the show. I want to thank everybody once again for tuning in. And don't forget, you could find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Truth Social. We're on Twitter and Truth Social at Fonts Ablaze. On Facebook at World Ablaze with George Fonts. Thanks again. Devils hide behind redemption Honesty is a one-way gate to hell